Good morning, goddesses. This is Shannon, and I'm your host, and this is the Goddess Morning Show podcast, where you can tune in every morning for a 20-minute episode to start your day with updates on things that matter to a community of awake and conscious individuals who seek the divine feminine in all we do. We sift through all of the copious amounts of information on the internet to bring you news and information on the things that matter. Tune in to hear about environmental news and book releases, interviews with thought leaders influencing the awakening of humanity, the moon phases, planetary positions, crystals, herbal and holistic health, guidance on green living, just to name a few. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to now. Be blessed. Namaste. Good morning, goddesses. This is Shannon. You're listening to the Goddess Morning Show. Today is January 20th of 2020, and we are starting the day outright with a look at the news that matters most to us as a community. First up today, we have a look at the moon and planets for the day. We have the moon in waning crescent phase, illuminated at 16% in Scorpio. The planets are as follows. Mercury is in Aquarius, Venus in Pisces, Mars in Sagittarius, Jupiter in Capricorn, Saturn in Capricorn, Uranus in Taurus, Pluto in Capricorn, and Chiron in Aries. In book releases today, we have You Were Born for This, Astrology of Radical Self-Acceptance, and it came out on January 7th of this year, and it is from beloved astrologer Chani Nicholas, and it is an essential guide for radical self-acceptance. Your weekly horoscope is merely one crumb of astrology's cake. In our first book, You Were Born for This, Chani shows how your birth chart, a snapshot of the sky at the moment you took your first breath, reveals your unique talents, challenges, and opportunities. Fortified with this knowledge, you can live out the life you were born to. Marrying the historic traditions of astrology with a modern approach, You Were Born for This explains the key components of your birth chart in an easy-to-use, choose-your-own-adventure style. With journal prompts, reflection questions, and affirmations, as well as affirm- I'm sorry, affirmations personal to your astrological makeup, this book guides you along the path your chart has laid out for you. Okay. It sounds really good. All right, our affirmation for the day comes to us from prolificliving.com, and it goes, I am responsible for what I do with my body, so I only do what's best. All right, now moving into a little talk about our crystal of the day, it comes to us from peacefulmind.com, and our crystal of the day is Amazonite. It's unique adventures in self-discovery. This stone represents prosperity. Great over a door to bring in new business. It is wonderful for entrepreneurs and those in sales. This hope stone is important to have when starting a new business or financial venture. Amazonite's energy works very well when combined with other feldspar stones such as topaz and aqua aura. A gentle, friendly, calming, soothing stone 
which opens throat chakra, heart chakra, and solar plexus chakra, used for self-expression, artistic creativity, and healing. This is a great stone for communication, confidence, and leadership. It reduces self-damaging behavior, increases self-respect, grace, self-assured with communication. Therefore, it is a stone for trust. This green stone is instrumental in distilling the raw information used for personal expression. It helps filter information and combines it with natural intuition. It enhances the masculine qualities and is good for anyone involved in the arts. It says, utilize Amazonite in order to encourage the pursuit of your unique path in life. Amazonite is used to disperse negative energy. All right. Our herb for today comes to us from musclemedia.com and it is aloe vera as an herbal supplement with its many vitamins and minerals, it's ideal. It has been found to help facilitate digestion and aid in blood and lymphatic circulation. Aloe vera herbal supplement is also said to improve kidney, liver, and gallbladder functions. The plant contains at least three fatty acids that have demonstrated powerful anti-inflammatory properties. This makes this herbal supplement helpful for disorders of the stomach, small intestine, and colon. It naturally alkalizes digestive juices to prevent over-acidity, which is a common cause of indigestion. Okay, in environmental news from HuffPost.com, Chris D'Angelo wrote on January 19th of 2020 that to reverse the rapid loss of species around the globe, world governments should protect nearly one-third of all lands and oceans and slash major sources of pollution by the end of the decade, according to a new United Nations proposal. The draft plan, released Monday by the UN Convention on Biological Diversity, outlines a path for combating the biodiversity crisis that many scientists say is the start of the Earth's sixth mass extinction. The 2030 goals include safeguarding 30% of all land and sea, with at least 10% put under strict protection, combating the spread and, and introduction of invasive species, and cutting nutrient and plastic pollution by at least 50%. The post-2020 framework will be taken up at a UN Biodiversity Summit in China in October and could replace 2020 goals that countries agreed to in 2010 and largely failed to achieve. A sobering United, State, I'm sorry, United Nations report in May found that up to 1 million land and marine species could be wiped out by human activity if present, thread, present trends continue. The rate of extinction is up to hundreds of times higher than it has averaged over the past 10 million years, according to a three-year study authored by nearly 500 scientists. The draft text comes as Australia battles unprecedented bushfires that have already killed an estimated 1 million animals, including many endangered species. The loss of the natural world is inextricably linked to global climate change and scientists warn 
that together the two crises pose an existential threat to human civilization. In a 2017 report, UN Special Reporter John Knox, a human rights expert and professor of international law at Wake Forest University, wrote that biodiversity loss has grave and far-reaching implications for human well-being, including reduced fishery and agriculture yields, depleting success, I'm sorry, depleting sources of medicine, and increased infectious diseases. The proposal Monday was met with mixed reactions from environmental groups. Okay, for our Green Living Tips, we have an article on Do You Know Where Your Healing Crystals Come From? by Emily Atkin on May of 2018 at newrepublic.com. Crystal sellers don't want to talk about where their products come from. And most of the people she interviewed for this article did not respond. I'm just kind of summarizing that part. But it goes on to say, This isn't how all healing crystals are extracted. Some come from large-scale industrial mines owned by companies with poor environmental records and a history of labor violations. These mines don't exist for the purpose of excavating crystals, usually. They're gold or copper or cobalt mines. But alongside the gold, miners often find seams of jewelry-grade crystals as they excavate huge swaths of land. And that becomes profitable mining byproduct. And it says... The likelihood is that most U.S. stores get their stones from a show in Tucson, but the stones there do not usually come from the U.S. Also, the stones may trade hands many times before becoming retail. Therefore, the reasons for keeping mum about where their crystals come from make sense, but they raise an important question. If shop owners can't disclose their sourcing without risking business, How can consumers know that their healing crystals didn't contribute to human trauma and environmental destruction? How can they ensure that the energy the stone purportedly contains has not been compromised by bad ethical vibes? It's a very good point. And I would recommend going to um, fairs and festivals and finding vendors that mine their own crystals whenever possible. I was able to do that and the energy from my stone was amazing and um, speaking directly to the people that mined it, you can often get a good vibe about whether or not it was done ethically. And I know not everybody is able to do that, but I highly recommend it if you can. Okay, our goddess for the day is from thoughtco.com. Our goddess is Selene. In Greek mythology, the sun god was originally Helios, and the moon goddess was Selene. But over time, this changed, and Artemis came to be associated with Selene, just like Apollo with Helios. Apollo became a sun god, and Artemis Artemis became the moon goddess. But originally, it was Selene. Okay. Our yoga advice comes to us from author Hope. And I'm going to spell her last name because I don't want to do it 
a grave disjustice by pronouncing it. <laughs> it is N-G-O. And this article was written January 16th of this year and published on thelist.com. It says, so if you're a if you are doing a demanding type of yoga, your body will respond the way it might with strength or muscle building routines when you no longer practice. Your muscles will become larger and stronger, the number of small vessel, small blood vessels or capillaries increase, and you end up developing a more defined mass. If you give it up though, it won't exactly make your muscles turn to fat or disappear, but it will make your muscles shrink and decrease in mass because your cells don't need the increased blood flow anymore. You could also gain some weight if you eat more than your body needs to keep going, but your muscles will only atrophy if the quality of your nutrition suffers and you regularly eat things that are bad for you. And she was giving us advice on what happens to the body when you quit yoga. All right, and the last article we have for today is by Julie Fraga, F-R-A-G-A, and it was written November 19th, and it is the psychology behind why mantras make us feel better on rewire.com. Mantras rewire self-limiting beliefs. Cognitive behavioral therapists call these self-limiting beliefs thought traps, which are unhelpful thinking patterns that stir up negative emotions and perpetuate unhealthy behaviors. For instance, believing we're unworthy of happiness may cause us to forgo interactions that cultivate joy, such as confiding in a close friend or seeking therapy to talk about problems. Reciting mantras puts thought traps to the test by challenging negative beliefs, which can turn self-criticism into self-compassion. And similar to journaling, writing down mantras is a self-care activity you can easily incorporate into a busy schedule. But to strengthen our emotional muscles, we need to put this exercise into regular practice. I love that because really and truly, a lot of us have um, unhealthy thinking patterns and negative tapes about ourselves on playback in our brains. And it may be that you are successful in ignoring it, but it's somehow still there. And the mantra basically has a way to neutralize that tape that's negative self-talk. I love that idea. Okay, that is all for our episode today, and I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to subscribe or like the episode and leave a feedback on whatever listening platform you are listening to this episode on now. I know that it's available now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and CastBox, as well as Anchor. So we are still trying to get it um, to be available on Apple Podcasts, and that's in the works. I will announce it when that happens. 
And if any listeners want to write in and leave a comment or a question that they would like addressed on the podcast, I'd be more than happy to do that. The email address to reach us is from ashes we rise to at gmail.com. That's F R O M A S H E S W E R I S E 2, the number 2, at gmail.com. So, any feedback, comments, or questions, or something you'd like to share on the podcast is welcome. And thank you for listening. Please tune in tomorrow for another episode. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Namaste.